Unbound Theatre presents The Chronicles of Professor Chronomier Home for Christmas Written by Dario Knight and performed by Erica Sanderson On the river of time that flows across the boundaries of space, a magnificent ship was sailing a steady course. Though far smaller than a seafaring vessel, the eccentric capsule-like craft made for an impressive spectacle, hurtling down the cascade of shimmering temporal light to the glee of its passengers. At the helm of the machine stood its inventor, a woman named Professor Chronomier. Using one hand to keep her battered hat on her head against the rush of wind thundering around the machine, she deftly adjusted the controls of the ship with the other. The levers, dials and switches were laid out on wooden panels, set between the brass pillars making up the frame of the ship, beyond which great rotating blades of copper span furiously. At the apex of the brass and copper was a large hourglass, spinning in a gyroscopic frame and sending tendrils of electricity surging around the craft's shell. The professor's fellow traveller, a young woman named Astrid, was standing at the threshold of the vessel, gazing at the silver waterfall of light surrounding them. The glittering river reflected in her wide eyes. Though she had travelled in the professor's machine before, the spectacle never ceased to fill her with awe. She turned back to the pilot, who met her beaming smile with her own contented grin. Nearly there, the professor called above the singing rumble of the time stream. Where are we going? Astrid asked. Home, replied the professor with a wistful air. Astrid beamed. Visiting the professor's home era in the 19th century had long been a hope for her travels. And if I've got my calculations right, the professor continued, squinting at the maze of bubbling glassware sitting atop the wooden control panels, we'll land just a few hours after I left. In relative terms, it had been some months since the professor had embarked on her maiden voyage through time. Though not one to develop homesickness easily, a yearning to return to her own time had been stirring in her. Just a short trip, she said to herself, then back to the tides of time. As the professor began making the final adjustments, readying the craft for landing, a gargling laugh filled the swirling vortex around them, and from within the depths of the cascade leapt a small imp-like creature. It landed on the marble platform at the base of the ship. The Professor and Astrid stood back in surprise, regarding their peculiar visitor. It was humanoid in shape, but no more than two feet high. Its purple skin seemed to sparkle, and two ornate wings undulated on its back. It was a chubby creature, with stout arms and legs. Its face was round, two large dark eyes and a snout of a nose above a large grinning mouth filled with rounded teeth. "'Aww,' Astrid cooed. "'Hello there.' "'How extraordinary,' the professor said, regarding the creature with great curiosity. The imp looked back at her with its smiling face and tilted its head. To their delight it waved at them, before flapping its wings and springing up onto one of the control banks. It regarded the instruments with awe, a trill of excitement rising in its throat. It reached out for one of the levers. "'Careful now!' said the professor firmly but cheerfully. That's not a wise gadget to fiddle with. 
Transfixed by the lever's carved handle, the imp grasped hold of it. Yes, as I say, that's probably not a good idea, you see. A jolt of turbulence silenced the professor and sent the imp tumbling down from the control panel, still holding the lever. Its wings flapped into action to stop its fall, but the lever had already been wrenched downwards, sending a burst of sparks out of the control panel. Oh dear, the professor said simply before leaping to work by righting the lever. The liquid in the myriad glass instruments boiled violently and a yawning groan rose from the base of the ship. The craft swayed and its copper blade sliced through the silver walls of the vortex, leaving glowing trails of energy behind them. What's it done? Astrid called above the din. Initiated the landing procedure a little too early, the professor called. If we're not careful, we'll gouge a dirty great scratch in the temporal shallow water. I think it's a bit late for that, Prof, Astrid replied, looking at the tunnel of light stretching above them. The professor followed her gaze and saw the shimmering ribbons of damage caused by the blades of the craft. As the ship came back under her control, she looked over at the imp, now hovering in the air between her and Astrid. You're a very naughty boy, she chided, then adjusted her gaze for a split second. Or girl, not too sure. Oh, it's all relative. Right, coming in to land. She twisted one of the dials and the walls of the tunnel began to glow even brighter. She turned back to the imp and tried to usher him away. Off you go now, back home with you. The creature darted this way and that to avoid her, its grin widening in enjoyment at the game. It flitted around the Professor and Astrid playfully before gazing up at the spinning hourglass above them. Transfixed by the hypnotic spectacle, it reached out its hand once more and floated higher. The Professor quickly grabbed hold of one of its legs and pulled it down to eye level. Now that is definitely out, she said. The creature grinned and let out a bashful laugh. The Professor couldn't stifle a wry smile. Here we go! Astrid called as the song of the machine's inner workings rose in volume. Hold on, protested the professor. We need to send our little friend on his way, or will. It was too late. With a flash of light, the timeship left the river. They had landed in the professor's laboratory. It was just as she had left it, each wall packed with bookshelves and curious mementos of past non-temporal expeditions. A series of workbenches filled with all manner of experiments were dotted around the room. The professor looked around and felt a great well of emotion stirring within her. At last she'd come home. Absent-mindedly letting go of the imp's foot, she stepped down from the machine and into the lab, inhaling its familiar scent deeply. Astrid, she said with a sigh, welcome to my home. Astrid walked slowly around the room, scarcely able to take in all of the exotic objects sitting on the shelves, sat before more books than she had ever seen gathered in one place. She weaved between the tables of tangled wires and components, not dissimilar to those fitted to the machine. It's... it's beautiful, she smiled. Allow me to give you the guided tour, the professor began, relishing the opportunity. Now this is the... oh... She gasped at the sight of the imp flapping puckishly around her head. She tried to grab hold of it, but it darted from her reach. Its wings became tired, and it gradually descended to the floor. Looking up at the Professor and Astrid, it giggled and ran for the open door at the side of the room. Astrid darted after it. Don't worry, Prof. I'll get the blighter. The Professor let out a laugh at the absurdity of the chase, but quickly returned to her warm sense of belonging. 
She ran a hand over one of the shelves and looked happily at a small photograph of herself at the age of eight years old, sitting with her mother and father. The frame stood before her favourite volumes of ghost stories and tall tales. Then a thought struck her, and she dashed from the room, unaware that the hourglass at the top of the time machine had started to glow. The professor made her way to the main hall, just in time to see Astrid disappearing up the stairs in pursuit of the imp. She walked up to a large glass tank sitting on a nearby table. Inside was the shell of a tortoise, sat atop a mound of damp earth. Sydney, the professor beamed. Hello, old thing. The tortoise poked his head out of his shell and looked at her. Though lacking the puckish expressions of the rogue imp, Sidney nevertheless showed a fond welcome to his friend by chewing the air and extending his feet. The professor reached into the tank and stroked his head. Oh, I've missed you, dear heart. I'm glad to see you've been keeping the place in order for me. Now, let's take a look at dear old London, shall we? She walked along the hall and up to the front door. Pulling it open, she was surprised to see the ground covered in a thick blanket of snow. Ah, she grinned. Either it's a particularly chilly spring, or I've overshot somewhat. She pulled a curious fob watch from her pocket. On its face it bore not hands, but a series of dials indicating day, month and year. It was the same year she had left, 1874, however not the same month. She had departed in March. It was now December. The professor turned back to Sydney. Sorry, old thing. Been gone longer than I planned. Cheeky imp. She walked to the foot of the stairs and called up. Astrid! Everything all right, dear heart? Pounding footsteps on the floor above answered her before Astrid did. Nearly got it, Prof, Astrid called. Won't be a minute. I'm sure you'll see to it right enough, the professor replied. In the meantime, I've an old friend to see. Do you mind if I disappear for an hour or so? Nah, you enjoy being back where you started, said Astrid, appearing at the top of the stairs. I'll sort this out. We'll return him where we found him once I get back. In the meantime, do make yourself at home. Will do. With that, the imp appeared behind Astrid's head, floating in the air once more. She turned and made an unsuccessful grab for it. Oh, get back here! She disappeared in pursuit, and the professor grinned before stepping outside and closing the door. Astrid hurtled along the hallway in pursuit, thankful that the doors to various rooms had been left closed. Convinced the chase was a game, the imp tittered and swooped the length of the hall, occasionally daring a low dive before fluttering out of Astrid's reach. Don't you mess about with me, Astrid growled. Come here. The imp nosedived back down the stairs with Astrid close behind. She thumped down after it and caught sight of it disappearing back towards the laboratory in the basement. Upon entering the lab, both the imp and Astrid stopped, taken aback by the sight of the professor's time machine. Curious ribbons of light were winding through the air, traceable back to the hourglass. As they extended across the room, the tendrils began to grow larger, some as wide as a person. The wider they grew, the dimmer their light became, and Astrid could see that within each one was an image of the laboratory, or rather, some approximation of it. In each she could recognise the basic features of the room, the lines of shelves or the wooden floorboards, but then there was something different about them too. Some looked impossibly old, showing the shelves empty and caked in dust. Through others she saw the floor covered in a garish rug, or the ceiling painted a different colour.
Following the tapered images back to their source, the machine, Astrid deduced what had happened. She had encountered disturbances in time before. Though no expert, she could piece the problem together easily enough. The same room, she muttered, but different times. She turned to the imp who was still hovering in the air, awestruck by the rips in time emanating from the ship. Astrid fixed it with an unimpressed glare. What have you done? She turned slowly on the spot to see different versions of the lab surrounding her. One of them, projected against the far end of the room, was almost identical to the lab in the present time. The workbenches were in the same place, and even some of the experiments and devices on top of them were in similar positions. However, the woman standing before them with her back to Astrid was clearly not the professor. Though wearing a coat of similar length, her hair was a mess of amber curls. She was deeply immersed in an experiment, a peculiar device before her billowing smoke and an unearthly howl that was reminiscent of the time tunnel. Astrid slowly approached, mentally urging the woman to turn around, only to be distracted by a loud crackling noise below her. She looked down to see the imp reaching out to the time rip before them. Sparks were pouring from the point of contact. Astrid grabbed the imp and pulled it back from the rip. She watched as the breach in time slowly began to close, banishing the image of the unknown woman and revealing the present-day laboratory again. What the... Astrid began, before another voice interrupted. O-M-G. Astrid turned to see a young man standing behind her. He was dressed in a brightly coloured vest and a pair of worryingly tight trousers. A peaked cap sat atop his head at a jaunty angle, and a pair of metallic earmuffs were slung around his neck. He was looking around the laboratory in amazement, having stepped through another of the gaps in time. This is insane! Astrid closed her eyes, wishing she were somewhere else. The imp grinned. Having made her way across the centre of London, drinking in the bracing winter air and the hustle and bustle of a busy day in the capital, the professor approached an unassuming little shop down a deserted side street. Glancing at the window display of an ornate model ship surrounded by books and maps, she pushed open the door and stepped inside. The interior was not unlike her laboratory. It was filled with books and items of curiosity. In the corner was a small desk, sat at which was an elderly man studying a map with a jeweller's magnifying glass. At the sound of the shop bell, he looked up and grinned. Well, there's a ghost of Christmas past, he chuckled in a husky but warm voice. Runcible, the professor beamed and dashed across the shop to embrace him. I'm sorry I was gone so long. I, uh, rather lost track of time. You say that every time you come in here. Where have you been, then? Oh, that's a question that can only be answered over a cup of tea, I think. Right you are. I'll stick the kettle on. Back in Atwell Street, Astrid was chasing after the young man who'd stepped through the time breach. He was making his way up the stairs, amazed by the Victorian decor. This is lit! he cried, taking a strange computer device from his pocket and holding it up in front of himself. He pulled faces and posed in front of paintings and photographs, his device emitting a flash of light and making a strange clicking noise each time. Astrid stood perplexed for a moment and then rushed towards him. Here, you can't go up there. You need to get back to where you... The young man had already disappeared onto the landing, where he was now opening doors to look inside. 
Astrid growled in frustration and followed, unaware that the imp was bobbing about in the hallway below. For a moment it had lost interest in the house and simply floated about upside down, blowing bubbles with its saliva. Then it noticed a slither of light extending up from the laboratory. It was no thicker than a thread, but it curled and twisted in the air, gradually growing thicker. Upstairs the young man had continued posing in front of the different rooms, with Astrid trudging along behind him. As he appeared to mean the professor's house no harm, she simply kept an eye on him, whilst pondering how to lure him back to the laboratory. Having posed with a strange inane grin on his face in the doorway of the bathroom, he looked at the handheld device. My Insta is going to go viral! He opened another door, and was disappointed to find that it was only a linen cupboard. Seizing her chance, Astrid shoved him, forcing him inside before slamming the door shut. Immediately he began protesting and trying to push his way out, but Astrid resisted, managing to hold the door closed long enough to turn a small key in the lock. Now the problem was contained. Just as she was sighing in relief, a scream shot up the stairs. She ran to the top of them and looked down at the hallway. Standing near the front door, beside another tear in time which revealed another era of the house's history beyond, was a woman in a large powdered wig and a needlessly voluminous evening gown. She shrieked at the sight of the familiar yet transformed house, and then at the imp, which stood on the floor next to her, waving politely. Astrid rolled her eyes. Over tea and a slice of sponge cake, the professor had regaled Runcible with tales of her recent adventures. Trips into the past to meet famous writers and phantoms from another realm, and an expedition into the future to see the very end of the universe. He was a perfect audience, gasping in awe and wonder at the professor's recollections and asking all the right questions to lead the story on to the next chapter. When she finished with the tale of her return home mere hours ago, he sat back in his chair and absent-mindedly drained the rest of his tea. We'll all be damned, he sighed, before looking back at the professor. He knew her better than to ask if she was spinning him a fanciful yarn. Ridiculous, though the notion of time travel might seem to most, Runcible had known the professor and her family for a very long time. To the Chronomiers, truly anything was possible. Before settling down in his shop, he had explored a great deal of the world alongside the professor's father, and learned in doing so that a closed mind was no mind at all. He leaned towards his guest conspiratorially, and asked in hushed tones, Can I see it? The machine? The professor beamed at him, and placed a hand on his shoulder. I thought you'd never ask. The house was full of people. The time rips had opened up in almost every room now, giving people from all manner of different eras access to the professor's home. Unable to find enough cupboards and wardrobes to shut the wanderers in, Astrid found herself rushing between Georgian gentlemen and Tudor women, children from the Middle Ages and strangers from what she presumed was the future. Right now, which old did you spring from? she shouted at an elderly man in a Jacobean coat, who was examining a scientific instrument on a table in the hall. He was so transfixed by the object he offered Astrid no answer. She huffed and glanced round at the different breaches, hoping to see some similarly dressed people within so that she might send the man back to the right time. At that moment, the front door opened and Astrid froze. What in the name of the stars is going on in here? The professor and Runcible stood on the threshold, the professor astonished by the sight before her. 
She looked at her young companion. Astrid, what's happened? Astrid turned slowly with a guilty look on her face. It weren't me, honest prof. It just sort of happened. They're a bit like Thors, I think. Different year behind each one, and people keep coming through them. I can't keep track of them all. It were his fault. She pointed at the imp, which was gleefully sliding down the balustrade. Crashing into the finial at the bottom, it launched into the air, swung around with a flap of its wings and landed in Sydney's tank. The tortoise popped out of his shell to say hello to his new house guest. Well, 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 little chap, aren't you a fascinating creature? Runcible potted over to the tank and gazed at the shimmering purple imp. Where did you pick this one up then, my girl? Hitched a ride on the way home, the professor replied, and it's time to send the little fellow back. She made a lunge for the tank, but the imp shot into the air and whizzed away up the stairs. Astrid made a move to follow, but the professor held her back and ran after it. I'll sort out this one. You check nobody's tampering with the machine. The professor disappeared up the stairs, and Astrid ran for the cellar. Runcible looked at the house, and the strange living tapestries hanging across the walls and doorways through which people had wandered in. He chuckled to himself in childlike awe, and watched as a young street urchin from centuries ago ran past a projection of a strange, bright, sleek vision of the future. He tried to focus on the curiously designed furniture within, when a young woman with braided hair and shiny clothes walked across the doorway. The light surrounding the breach began to glow as she neared, then faded as she passed. A perfect match, Runcible mused to himself. On the top floor of the house, the professor crept stealthily along a hallway, trying not to alert the imp to her presence. This part of the house had not yet been filled with temporal strangers. Indeed, it was not often she used the rooms on the uppermost story herself. She heard the fluttering of the creature's wings, and it appeared from behind a potted plant at the end of the passage. All right then, my good man. I'm all for exploring new places, but I think it might be time we got you home, eh? I suspect your little dalliance with my time machine caused these, well, let's call them temporal portals, to open up and let everyone through. We really must repair them before they can do any more damage. The imp seemed to consider her words, and dutifully hovered slowly towards her. That's it. I'm sure we can find somewhere exciting for you to see once we're on our way. What are you looking at, dear heart? What is it you... She turned to follow the imp's gaze and took a step back in shock. A time rip had opened up behind her. It was difficult to see that it was a projection, as it was almost identical to the current decor of the house. Standing before her within the breach was a young girl. She recognised her straight away. So too would anyone who had seen the photograph in the laboratory. It was the eight-year-old professor. Who are you? the young girl asked. I... Um, I, uh... The professor could not think. Are you a ghost? Just like her to leap to an ocean like that, thought the adult professor. Uh, not exactly, no. I suppose I'm more of an echo, really. A voice from somewhere within her younger self's version of the house called to her. Lizzie? Lizzie, come along, it's time for bed. You don't want Father Christmas to miss the house, do you? Coming, Mummy, the young girl called. For a moment her adult counterpart paused and swallowed a rising lump in her throat. 
It had been a long time since she had heard her mother calling to her. "'Best do as your mother says, Lizzie,' she said warmly. "'Do you know Father Christmas?' Lizzie asked, entirely unfazed by the notion of meeting an apparition in her hallway. "'Did he send you?' The professor smiled. "'Now that would be telling, wouldn't it? We echoes must keep our secrets.' She smiled and winked kindly. Lizzie grinned back and then ran off towards her mother's waiting arms. The professor closed her eyes for a moment, until another voice sounded from behind her. She'll forget for a while, but the memory comes back, in the end. The professor turned once again, only now she could guess who was waiting for her. The voice was all too familiar, older and a little more worn, but still unmistakably her own. At the other end of the hallway, through another breach in time, stood an echo of herself from the distant future. The blaze of white in her hair had overtaken the darker tones, and her skin was lightly framed with careworn lines. Her manner of dress was not entirely unchanged. There was still an air of serendipitous style about her, but her trusty boots and battered frock coat were gone, replaced with a flowing jacket and rather more sensible shoes. She clutched onto a walking stick with both hands, and atop her head was the same beaten, broad-brimmed hat she had inherited from her father. All about her there was a sense of peace, an aura of calm at the end of a life of adventure. "'You'll not need to ask me who I am, I hope,' the older professor smiled. Her younger self returned the grin. "'We stay in Atwell Street, then,' she observed. "'All roads lead to home,' the old woman sighed. "'And oh, the paths you're yet to tread. "'If it weren't for the temporal instability, "'I'd walk through this breach and do it all again with you.' "'The younger professor stood silently, "'unable to draw together adequate words for such an occasion. "'Oh, how silly! "'If I'd have sat for a moment to consider the notion, "'I'd have a thousand questions for you. "'And I should not answer a single one of them,' "'the old woman chimed. "'You shall find it all out for yourself.' "'Oh!' She gasped and looked down at the imp, who had reached down to touch the edge of the breach. It was glowing, and slowly drawing back together. "'Now there's another face I remember,' the older professor beamed. "'How lovely to see you again. You'd best be headed back down to the laboratory, my dear old thing. There's someone waiting for you.' With that, she looked up at her younger self and winked. The professor smiled and scooped the imp up in her arms as the breach slowly began to seal shut. She looked once again at the face she was one day to wear. To know the future was a dangerous prospect, but one question refused to go unasked. "'Tell me just one thing,' she began, and the elderly woman knew at once what was coming. She looked down to the floor sadly. "'Do we find her?' The older professor paused and looked up, tears in her eyes. The breach was almost closed. Her mouth twitched, fighting with whether or not to say something to the woman she once was. With only seconds left, she said in a hushed voice, Let her go. When the time comes, let them all go. And with that, she was gone. The imp looked up at the professor, raising a hand to stroke her cheek. A single tear ran onto its fingers. Come along, the professor said simply. Work to be done. Down on the ground floor, Runcible and Astrid had managed to get the wandering visitors under control. 
Guiding them through the house past each of the rips in time, they waited until they found one which glowed as the correct inhabitant neared, and ushered them back through with a promise that it was for their own good. "'Right, I think that's the last one,' said Astrid as she pushed the somewhat indignant lady in the powdered wig back through one of the breeches. "'Problem is, these holes ain't closing up.' "'Does this happen everywhere you two go in this machine of yours, my gal?' Runcible asked of the professor, who was walking purposefully down the stairs with the imp still in her arms. "'You caught the little blighter, then?' Astrid observed. "'What now?' Down to the laboratory, the professor said without stopping. You are right, Prof? Astrid asked, sensing something was amiss. Come on if you're coming, the professor called back, already descending into the basement. Sydney, keep an eye on things up here and there's a lettuce leaf in it for you. The tortoise chewed in agreement with the terms and watched as Astrid and Runcible headed below stairs. The time machine was glowing. Though not in flight, the hourglass was spinning wildly, powering the rifts in time which peppered the house. Bolts of energy were firing out across the room, hugging the walls and caressing the different instruments that filled the workbenches. The professor strode into the room and stood before the machine, Astrid and Runcible close behind her. In all my days, what an invention! Runcible called above the sound of the eruptions of energy. His eyes danced over every visible detail of the craft standing before him. Astrid, meanwhile, was more concerned with the frightening light show illuminating the laboratory. It looked as though the ship were about to blow apart. What do we do, Prof? Nothing, the professor answered, her determined eyes narrowed. It is already done. She thought of what her older self had said, of someone waiting for the imp, and waited. Finally, an enormous explosion of light erupted from within the frame of the ship, sending Astrid and Runcible staggering to the sides of the room. The professor stood firm as something began to emerge from the light storm. Initially, only a vague shape was outlined amid the torrent of energy, but as the visitor stepped forward, they took on a humanoid shape. The instant she was fully visible with her purple shimmering skin and fluttering rainbow wings, the professor, Astrid and Runcible knew this to be a mature member of the same race as the imp. The young creature in the professor's arms giggled and cooed once again, the professor slowly held the infant towards its elder, and the imp fluttered its wings, flying across to the new arrival and flinging its arms around her neck. Mother and child reunited at last. Hoping the mother would not suspect some form of abduction, the professor bowed to the elegant creature, who in turn nodded her head. She looked at Astrid and Runcible, and then at the fierce bolts of energy spilling from the machine. She placed her fingers to her lips, kissed them gently, and then reached up, placing a hand on the hourglass at the apex of the machine. It flared and then subsided, the tendrils of light spilling from it, then fading from view. She's closing the holes, Astrid called. A single pool of light remained behind the visitors. The mother slowly turned to face it. As she did so, the young imp craned to look over its mother's shoulder and waved at its new friends. Astrid and Runcible waved in return, and the professor smiled warmly. With that, the mother stepped into the light and disappeared. The final portal closed, leaving behind a serene silence. You're back for all of five minutes and look what happens, Runcible chuckled. Extraordinary. Beautifully extraordinary. What was it, do you think, Prof? asked Astrid as she took a step closer to her friend, who was still gazing at her time machine. 
Whoever she was, she fixed them tears up good and proper. The professor considered the other creatures she knew to inhabit the river of time. I wonder if it has something to do with the wraith, she pondered. That weren't no wraith, Astrid rebuffed, recalling the dark skeletal creature she had encountered shortly after meeting the professor. No, but just as the wraith were born to pull time apart and feed on what's left, perhaps some other race evolved to set things right again. All a matter of balance. For a moment they said nothing. Then a voice from the street above came creeping through the tiny windows at the top of the far wall. Chestnuts, it called. Roasted chestnuts. Oh, now there's an idea, said the professor, her mouth watering at the prospect. Christmas is simply not Christmas without chestnuts. Christmas? Astrid frowned. Yes, dear heart, we've landed right on the eve of the day itself. What a stroke of luck. My favourite day of the year, only one sleep away. I should think every day could be Christmas with that thing, said Runcible. Thing, Runcible? Thing? the professor replied with mock indignation. You'll tell me how it works, won't you? he asked. I shall, old man, every detail, after we've had chestnuts. You'll stay for Christmas, of course. Of course, he replied, and followed the professor and Astrid out of the laboratory. As she walked along the snowy London streets with her two friends, munching roasted chestnuts and cherishing the thought of spending Christmas with those she loved most dearly in the world, the professor let her mind drift back to the sight of her older self still living in Atwell Street. Let her go, she had said. When the time comes, let them all go. A thousand possibilities whirled about her mind as to what the command could mean, and to whom her older self had been referring. There was a tantalising possibility at the corner of her mind. A face she had held in her heart for so long, wishing she could see it again. Could it be her? It would wait, she told herself. All things stopped for Christmas. The great river of time may have been thundering all around her, the streams of the past and future gurgling and babbling just out of the corner of her eye, but the present, for now, was a mill pond. Ahead lay a day of merriment and fond memories, games and stories and jokes and yarns. It was a chance to rest and revel in being home, for the time being at least. And though the words of her future self had left so many questions in her mind, the professor took comfort knowing that whatever was to pass in the years to come, she would always come home for Christmas. The Chronicles of Professor Cronomier, Home for Christmas, an Unbound Theatre production Written by Dario Knight and performed by Erica Sanderson with music by Kevin MacLeod.